Hello everyone, your fan favourite Isabel Chilman here. Uh, just a quick message before the podcast starts because I forgot to mention it whilst we were recording. But something very exciting is happening on May 12th. No, it is not Eurovision. It is Nil Poir, a Eurovision screening taking place in the Amersham Arms in Newcross in London. Uh, as with last year, uh, the wonderful Portia Nefries is going to be hosting a Eurovision night at the Amersham Arms in Newcross, co-hosted by yours truly. There'll be no Roland this year because he sucks and moved to America. Uh, tickets are £5. If you buy them in advance, you can get them on Eventbrite. Just search for Nil Poir, or as it is spelt, Nil Point. Uh, if you're rough like me there's going to be score sheets prizes drag queens key changes costume changes and of course lots and lots of songs it's going to be great fun hopefully we'll see you there buy your tickets now thanks Hello and welcome to Euphoria, a podcast where we look back on the great glam and garish of Eurovision past. My name's Isabel Chilman and I'm joined as ever by a man with more sass than Diner International and a shorter attention span than both members of Jedwood combined. It's Roland Bodnum. I don't know what you're talking about. I've got a great attention span. I know I get distracted very easily. Hey, Isabel. Hi, mate. How's it going? How are you doing? It's been bloody, it feels like ages, hasn't it? It's been a while. It's been too long. Yeah, we had a bit of, um, as as you're probably all aware, we didn't do last week. We've had to do like a skippy week thing. So we've had to like do, we changed the alternative weeks that we're doing the podcast on now because I was in Madrid last week for work. Bloody jet setter over there now. Like oh, just no. jet setting around. You lo- And you did out. offer, you did offer up as a... Uh, compromise pictures of you in various outfits and I have to say Isabel you looked bloody fantastic Did good I, going I know, you I know how to dress well at a conference I know what I'm doing oh yeah you've, you've nailed your conference attire absolutely oh, hell yeah I'm I'm pretty sure that's also one of our most uh, uh successful tweets, tweets. yeah <laughs> ever yeah maybe we should just stop doing about Eurovision I'll just post outfits every day we'll do great mate we'll get a really big audience why not hey why not lovely <laughs> no uh, we, we love our eurovision audience and and that's all we know about really so <laughs> I, well, I also do know about clothes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, how was madrid mate how was it oh it was bloody great unfortunately it was i was in madrid on the one week of the year it was 29 degrees in england so yeah. that was great it was actually hotter in london than it was in madrid but it wasn't cold in Madrid, was it? It wasn't cold. No. But it wasn't 29 degrees. Mm, I've got some it. nice colour, but yeah. it's one of those things that when you come back off holiday, you are the you want to be the only one with a oh, tan. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I'm going to yeah, go into the sure. office tomorrow and it, everyone's <laughs> going to have a tan. <laughs> it's, it's bloody lovely here as well. This weekend's been very nice. Great. And I've been super proactive. Uh, I think partially today out of guilt because I spent loads of money on... Uh, clothes Drugs yesterday and booze no, and tr- prostitutes. He's filthy, <laughs> honestly, guys. He's mainly, disgusting. Mainly clothes uh, yeah. and then some alcohol. But then this morning, to, as a punishment, I took myself for a 5k run. Um, what? But then as a result, I wanted to reward myself. So I went for a, a brunch and a beer. So I'm, I'm balanced <laughs> out now. I'm, I'm perfectly balanced with punishment okay, and reward. Good. Yeah, I had a really. Um, uh, I was going to say a really healthy week. I didn't have a healthy week. I was ill while I was over there. So mm, I got yeah. ill. There was some, we don't, we're not sure if there was something, some bad food or a little tummy bug or something going around. But people uh. were not well. And I was unfortunately one of those people. So one day, didn't eat. Just oh, didn't mate. eat. Just didn't well, eat at all, all day. Had to still do work. Just didn't yeah. eat though. Oh God, yeah. That's terrible. Um, and then didn't have much of an appetite for the rest of the week and didn't feel great. So by the time it got to the fun bit of the weekend, because I stayed a couple of days with some friends, yeah. didn't just decided not to drink. Oh, so wow. Didn't have a drink. We went in a car, so I just drove everyone around and had a great time doing oh it. Oh, my God. It was with our mate Gary. He doesn't drink yeah. either, so it was fine. No. So it was actually yeah. it was easier because he doesn't drink. Um, and then had two beers when I got to the airport after we dropped the car off today. Ooh. And... The first one was genuinely the nicest drink I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, 
Speaking of having a drink, are you going to have one now? Or are you are you in a mode now that's not uh, appropriate for a beverage? Oh shit! I put a bloody can in the fridge. Stay there. Stay Don't get there. your can. I'll be back in two seconds. All right. <laughs> All right, you're back. What have you got? Oh right. Oh my microphone. Oh, hang on. Um, I am. <laughs> I'm going to give a. A, a nod to our, our, our Swedish neighbours and have oh. a strawberry and lime copperberg. Hey, a lovely copperberg. Is that <laughs> Swedish or Scandinavian? It or says it on the front, br- Swedish apple cider. Wow. I'm going to have, as it's, as it's a warm weekend and it's very nice, I'm going to go with a, a glass. Well, I, I'm opening a bottle, so we'll see how far I get, mm-hmm. of uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Oyster Bay from New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> Classy. You know, it's been in my fridge since about January, so... <laughs> you just got to get through it, mate. Just gotta gotta, get, yeah, no gotta one's go. having it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to do that today. Enjoy that. We're going to synchronise. Okay, I'm going to get my... Ready? I forgot to say mine's clicky top. Ooh! Yeah. Yum. Cheers, mate. Cheers, love. Mm. Um, <coughs> Have we got any... Eurovision news. Uh, for me, no. <laughs> because I've been in Madrid. <laughs> not thinking about anything apart from getting my tum-tum better. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad that it is. So, Thanks. as you know, we kind of avoid just, like, updating you on what's going on in the run-up to the contest with specific blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. You, you all know whatnot. more than we do, probably. Yeah, there's lots going on there, and um, it's hard to keep up with. But uh, we, I do like these sort of stories, and I found a story um, that is... Uh, the title is from HuffPost, and uh, the headline... It says, Little Mercy, who inspired Madame Monsieur's song for Eurovision, has been found. Now, I don't know, Isabel, do you know much about Madame Monsieur's uh, song from France? I don't. I know. I know I've seen them on an interview yes. with Ryland. Yes. <laughs> and they look like a pair of um, sort of A-level um, drama teachers yeah. in their sort of all-black polar um, turtlenecks. But their song is actually about... Um, a um, little girl who was born aboard a humanitarian boat in the Mediterranean whilst her mother was fleeing Libya. Um, so a refugee. And, Jeez, they um, get deep at Eurovision, don't I they? I know, they do. They bloody do. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's not a light, it's not a light one. Uh, yeah, so basically, um, Madame Monsieur heard about this story of this little girl called Mercy who was born on this uh, humanitarian boat in March 2017 and decided to write this song about it for uh, their attempt to enter Eurovision. Um, this was a story that was published in uh, a French newspaper. And then they kind of lost track of where the mother was and what had happened to the child. But they finally um, caught up with uh, the mother and the child, the little girl called Mercy. And she's now trying to, the mother is now trying to um, get uh, proper status so that she can get a job and work uh, and and be uh, a member of society in europe isn't that nice ah fantastic oh well, i'm glad so, they're both okay a nice little bit of hope there from the song and perfectly in time for eurovision perfect <laughs> real good you couldn't write that stuff uh, other than that it's all just going on um it's all going on it's all popping happening. off guys uh, mm. but there you go that's my news done good stuff good news um any other business um we do actually have some any other business we have a letter. Ooh. Well, not a letter, but like an email. <laughs> an online letter. One of them on- one of them digital letters that's been an sent. An electronic to us. letter. An electronic letter has come our way, which I'm very excited about. I'm gonna read it out to you now, Roland. Excellent. It says, Dear Roland and Isabel and Patsy, of course. Oh, oh. Um, my name is Siggy and I'm from Iceland, continent Europe. Thank Good you. work. Good continent work. Um, thank you for a great podcast. I only recently found oh. out about it, but I have since binge, uh, been binge listening. It's not only hilarious, but also so informative. Kudos oh, to wow. you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Siggy. It is indeed, isn't it? We it have is. some facts. Yeah. 
Educational Some... and entertaining is what we like to do here. And inspirational. And inspirational. That's your dresses. That's when we... Not that's your dresses. Me. That's your outfits. <laughs> that's yeah, that's me. your outfits. Uh, Siggy says, of course, I love Roland's new song every week. Brackets, mm. killer clown anthem excluded. I mean, you know, we, uh, we can't be perfect every, every week. No. Uh, but my favourite are the Eurovision stories. Oh, good. Um, I, of course, especially enjoyed your stories about Icelandic entries, Paul, Oscar, Sylvia Knight and Sjoni's friends. We've talked about Iceland a yeah. lot. We've done Iceland, yeah, a few yeah. times. And thought you might be interested in some updates on those from a local. Yes, um, please. Yeah, yes, please. Yes, <laughs> Roland's please. excited. Yeah. Uh, so this time I want to tell you about some, uh, about a fairly new scoop about Paul Oscar. Um, uh, Paul Oscar, his uh, Paul Oscar, his Icelandic name, has stated many times that he is more than willing to compete again, but is waiting for the right song. That's why I was shocked and a bit sad when in a radio interview in 2015, he revealed that one of his most popular songs, the 2007 single, Alt Fria Astina, was actually written for Eurovision. After being sent to the pre-selection, the Icelandic broadcaster denied the song based on the fact that one of the songwriters was Swedish, breaking the rule stating that songs could only be written by Icelanders. This rule has now been changed to um, so that only two thirds of the songwriters and half of the lyricists have to be Icelandic citizens. That's a, that's an Icelandic rule, right? Because yeah, it must be. Yeah, because I was going to say most of the British entries now are written by Swedish people. Or, we have nothing to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we just like gladly hand it off to the Scandinavians. Someone else can deal with this. <laughs> like a very rich that. mother and her and a nanny, <laughs> an au pair. Yeah, no, like, I don't want you, this child you, anymore. You, Please you care for it, but make sure it's the best <laughs> child. I don't care for it though. Oh, yeah. um, oh well. So Siggy said, I, I'm attaching the link to Altfria Astina's official music video and asking you, dear Eurovision experts, thank you, mm. how do you think uh, Paul Oscar's song would have done in the competition? Did it have a chance of winning or should Icelanders be thankful for the nationalistic rules of the Icelandic national broadcaster? Anyways, thank you again. I look forward to your next episode. Cheers, Siggy. And then two like smiley face emojis. It's, really cute. it's like a squidgy little smiley face. It's so cute. Um, so... Oh, Should we ever it? listen to Pal Oscar's song? Yeah, let's have a listen. Let's give this a go. That is when 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 was Paul Oscar's first entry into Europe? Ninety seven. Oh, he he doesn't age much. This is like no, ten years no, later. No, he looks just as young. When was this from? When did Siggy say this was from? Two thousand and seven. So ten years later. Oh, yeah. he's had Botox. Come on. He's well, he's probably, but he's some... another he's another Ryback. It's the music that keeps them young, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You've got so much more faith in him than I do. I'm like, definitely, definitely had surgery. <laughs> definitely had a facelift. I, I, I like that. I mean, it's very cheesy, very camp uh, Europop, but I like the red uh, sort of slightly Britney Spears-esque uh, onesies <laughs> yes. that he's yeah. wearing there. Yeah, it's very oops, I did it again. Um, and very American beauty uh, with the bed of roses that he's on at the beginning. <laughs> with his face popping through. With his pa- um, face popping through. Yeah, no, I really liked it. I think it would have done all right. I don't, it wouldn't have won. You haven't missed out on a win there, Siggy. No, they I'd haven't say. missed out on a win. It's, it's, it does feel slightly a shame though. If, it, if that was one of his most popular songs, but it wasn't allowed in, yeah. I think that he would be resentful to that because he's like, oh, well, it was so popular. But... Um, but that's fine. It's just a little Icelandic gem that can just exist like that. Lovely. Love that. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Stuff. Thanks Aww. so much, Siggy. Love you so much. Thanks for emailing us. Yeah. Um, we also, as well, need to bring up something. Uh, yes. Roland. Yes. You have an apology to make. <laughs> I, d- I do. We got very much called out uh, after my last episode. I did. I fucked up big time. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> we said I. I apparently I promised 
that we Apparently, would... it's on the podcast. <laughs> Go back and listen. <laughs> I haven't listened for a while. But that uh, we would read through Sally from Australia's lyrics that she has offered us. So Sally, the wonderful Sally. Yes. Um, lightning Strikes. You made a song. The lightning, the, your lightning strikes. Oh, more re- uh, recently, yeah. Sally, yeah, one of your recent ones. Yeah. And Sally sent us different lyrics for it because <sighs> we said this is a collaborative effort. Yeah. People have to send stuff in, and Sally sent something in, and then we and you didn't do shit with just it. Fucking ignored it. Stop saying we. <laughs> I ain't control of the songs, mate. That's your bag. So Sally. <sighs> Yes. What's going to happen is Roland is going is committing to this fully. Yeah. And we're going to make sure that this is done properly. So yeah. this week, the summer else for the end of the episode. We haven't got it this week. But Roland is going to re-record the song with your lyrics yes. included. And we're going to do this the way it should be done. We do it properly. I'm going to commit some time, some energy, some focus on. Yeah, because, we're going to make your song, Sally. Because Sally happen. worked hard on this and I need to too. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's our any other business, I think. If you do want to get in touch with us, you want to email us like Siggy did or like Sally did, which we're going to do something sorry, about. Sorry, Sally. Um, you can contact us at EuphoriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with us on Twitter at at EuphoriaCast. And actually, it seems like in the last few weeks, we've got quite a few new listeners who've said hi. So if you are a new listener, please do just drop us a little tweet on Twitter. Let us know you're listening so that we feel um, like there's the, we're not just talking into a microphone. Okay, so this week is my week. Yes, it is. My story week. So as we mentioned on the, you know, as well as everyone is very aware and as we discussed very briefly on the last episode, unfortunately, in the last month, we lost two great Eurovision icons, yeah. Liz Asia and Katie Boyle. Yeah. Um, so today, I thought it was only right to talk about Liz, the first queen of Eurovision. Um, but alongside the, the competition itself, I think it's it'd go very amiss to talk about Liz. Ooh, without rhyming, um, without talking about the first ever contest. So, the Eurovision Song Contest began as the brainchild of Marcel Besançon, which if you type in his surname into Google and hear the pronunciations of, it tries to tell you is pronounced Besançon, which is absolutely not correct. <laughs> yeah, it's me, Besançon. It's Marcel Besançon. <laughs> Jesus, honestly, English wow. people, we're don't the trust, worst. Don't trust everything you read on the internet, apparently. Absolutely no, don't. no. Um, So Marcel was uh, part of the EBU and during a meeting in Monaco at the end of January 1955, Marcel, uh, so he was the president of the EBU programme committee, Mm. approved a project for further study. And that project was the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm glad they took the time to study it before they went fully on board. (laughs) You don't want to jump into a song contest without knowing like really, you know, the the outcome of what's going to happen. The ramifications of what you're going to do next. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So based upon the existing San San Remo Music Festival held Uh in Italy, it was designed to test the limits of live television broadcast technology. Wow. Yeah. So in those days, obviously, 1955, it was a very ambitious project to join that many countries together in a wide area international network of some sort. I still don't understand how they do it, but, you know. Magic. Back then, yeah, it must have been magic. Just magic. The magic yeah. of song. <laughs> oh, oh. The name Eurovision was first mentioned in relation to the EBU's network in the London Evening Standard from the 5th of November 1951. Wow. Written by British journalist George Campy, he dubbed the contest Eurovision Grand Prix. Wow. Yeah. It just came from a random journalist, just decided to name it, and they went, yeah, all right, fine. Like the Spice Girl names. What do you mean? <laughs> they when they were put together as a band yeah. it wasn't their it wasn't their like um their PR team or anything or their management that that gave them the names like ginger sporty scary it was top it was like top of the pops magazine what because they used to call people in bands you know they used to just say like oh yeah. gary take that and it was like yeah. the band was their surname yeah yeah but to describe them all as the different ones they just des- it was either smash hits or top of the pops magazine wow. chose their names for them and so they called, started calling them scary spies posh spies baby spies and then it stuck Imagine being the journalist who came up with those we names. Thought that I hope they, we thought that Spice Girl names. I hope they got some uh, financial ramifications for that. Of course they didn't, mate. No. <laughs> that was trademarked straight away by their every, management. Nothing. Every time any of their names are used, they get some sort of revenue. 
No. It would be a good, it's a good story to like drunkenly tell people in a pub yeah. though when you're 60, yeah. isn't it though? I came up with no one. Spice Girls their names. Blow Scare Spice wouldn't be scary without me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't even know that. Thanks, Isabel, for there your you go. Spice Girls information. Pop facts. Mm. Done. Uh, the Eurovision Network used to carry many news and sports programs internationally, among other specialised events organised by the EBU. However, the song contest is by far the most high profile of these programmes well, and course. has long since become synonymous with the name Eurovision. Yes. Yeah, nothing else can be Eurovision. No, I mean, this has been going on for, what, 60-something years now and uh, it's clearly the best. By it's far. the best of anything. The best of everything. So, it's the best of all things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first ever contest took place in Lugano, Switzerland at the Teatro Casal on the 24th of May, 1956. Primarily a radio show to start off with, only some cameras were taping the contest for the few Europeans who had a television set at the time. Wow. Lohengrin Filippolo hosted the programme, which lasted a measly one hour and 40 minutes. Whoa. Can you imagine? You wouldn't get, there's not nearly enough time to get drunk over the, well, there is, but still as drunk (laughs) as we do now. Absolutely not. One hour and 40, Christ. Imagine if they tried to bring it back down to that. Oh, there'd, there'd be, be riots in the streets. There would absolutely <laughs> be riots. And Jon, Jon would never allow that. That would no, you know, no. The longer the no, better, I say. Not our Jon, <laughs> never. Um, the seven participating countries each submitted two entries. So the songs of the contest were not to exceed three and a half minutes. Whoa! Cut that down. Yeah. And the performers were accompanied by a 24-musician orchestra, which was led by Fernando Paggi, along with four guest conductors, which came from Belgium, France, Luxembourg, and Italy. Ooh. Um, Some other slightly different rules to the contest back in 1956. Only solo artists were allowed to enter the contest. Groups were initially banned, a rule which would only be abolished in the 1970s. Wow, so it's solo singers... Only all the way for for the first 20 years, basically. Yeah. Wow. Um, All participating countries sent two jury members to Lugano in order to vote secretly on Mm. the songs based on which song was their Mm -hmm, favourite. The jury members from Luxembourg could not make it to Lugano. (gasps) So the EBU allowed Swiss nationals to vote on their behalf. Interesting. Why couldn't mm. they make it? Do we know why? Mm. Not enough money... Uh, too busy. Don't know, mate. Got d- delayed know. on the Didn't train. Say. We just don't know. We just don't know. Didn't say. I want to hear their story. Well, you will as well by the time we get to the end of this story. Right. Interesting. Very, you've got to remember this. All right, okay. The juries were allowed to vote for whichever country they wished to, including their own. Well, that <laughs> seems flawed. That seems like something, even in the early days, you would go, well, that's not, that, that's not going to work very well. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and again, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you there was one country who were very like modest and were like, oh no, we'll give it the points we believe it deserves. Oh, definitely. Like, then if it's like re- a five or there. whatever. And then all the other countries were like, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. <laughs> Another interesting fact. Yeah. The, the interval act was whistling by the Jouet Rossignols. <laughs> Oh, it was a simpler time. <laughs> Just some lovely whistling. And now on stage, we're going to have a man who's going to have a little whistle for you. <laughs> Enjoy. This Steve, he's from, from, the, from the cat and the bear, the pub round the road. You know. He does, he does a great bit of whistling. Have you heard him whistle? He sounds great. Have a listen. I don't know why they're from. Sounds like a kettle. Up north, but he sounds no, we're just, just from, like just a kettle. Generic north. Yeah, generic north. So, with the, with the, with the voting. Yes. The weird voting. Just, so we'll just have a little recap there. So <laughs> Luxembourg couldn't make it. Yes. So the EBU allowed Swiss nationals to uh, Swiss ah. nationals to vote on their behalf. <laughs> and the juries were allowed to vote in secret ah, yes. for whatever country they wanted, uh, including their own. Just remember all s- those facts. I yeah? can see how this... Okay, yeah. I can see yeah. how this is playing out now. <laughs> yeah. So that decision <laughs> ah. may be seen as some 
Uh, and uh, has been seen uh, uh, by some as the reason why one Rosa Mina Shara, better known as Liz Asia, oh. did so well that first year. Because she had double the amount of people on her side, right? Well, potentially, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. even if every judge gave their own country 12, she had two extra she people to give her 12. Four judges. Liz. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, it but, was a long I mean, time ago. <laughs> you know. Talking of less. Yes. So, born in 1924 in Rupperswil in the north of Switzerland, the artist started her career as a dancer, but soon turned to singing, mm. achieving her biggest hit in 1950 with Oh My Papa. Ah, oh, oh My Dad. Oh My, oh my Dad. Oh My oh Dad. Oh My Dad. You wouldn't believe what he's done. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, There was a woman in the office. Oh, my God. A colleague. I didn't. I only know who she was this week because she was on the same trip as me, but I didn't know who she was before. So last week when I wasn't in the when I was in the office. Yeah. Um, I, me and our friend Luke, um, overheard her, you know, when you get two words or two phrases muddled up yes. and then it just comes out me- a bit mental. Yeah. So she did that, but she quite loudly exclaimed the words, Oh my fuck, Lord! <laughs> <laughs> I burst out laughing. She like looked. Well, no, I almost burst out laughing, and she looked over and cl- like clocked me and Realized. had a little smile on her face, like, "Oh, I did a s- silly thing." Did, yeah. Managed to keep it together, and then Luke jabbed me, <laughs> saying, "Did she just say, oh my fuck, Lord'?" <laughs> and I was done then, gone. Yeah, absolutely that's gone. It. I've been it's saying it all week. Um, so, during Liz's uh, long and successful career, she performed for Queen Elizabeth II, wow. the Egyptian King Farouk. Whoa. I don't even know who he is, but it sounds great. Yeah. And Ava Peron. Whoa. Madonna. She, That's Madonna. She's just... Wow, God. I know. She was in, also involved with many charitable events all over the world and starred in some roles as an actress too, but she is mostly remembered for winning the very first Eurovision Song Contest. And she really owned that, didn't she? Like we said in, in the episode, uh, uh, my the last episode, she was going to Eurovision uh, National Finals and Eurovision Song oh, Contest. Oh yeah, mate, right we're going to get into to, that. Yeah, the last few years is amazing. Oh yeah. So she performed when in in 1956. She performed in a contest, uh, which obviously two Swiss entries in that first contest. Mm. Added the rest of the um, the contestants. The winner being the second one, titled "Refrain." Um, so yeah, we're gonna have a little listen to uh, her winning song, "Refrain." Refrain lovely i like i i see what you said about the television stuff being fairly basic when they wanted to show the orchestra it was just we'll just turn the camera around to see the orchestra now (laughs) like compared to what it is now it's uh very 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 basic indeed uh that was a lovely song what lovely was it great it sounds like it should be in like um lady in the tramp oh yeah 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 something like yeah something like that it's very kind of european like in the summer on a little Croisette, just having a nice cup of coffee or something, or a nice wine in the sun. Like, it's, it's oh, beautiful. Sorry, I've got to move a carrier bag. Yeah, it's lovely. I've got, what is my life? Sorry, I've got to just shift I'm the a, cat and move a carrier is this, bag. Um, is this, I mean, I, I don't know if you'll know this, is this her winning, like the winning performance? Because otherwise, there's just a, a, a young boy standing with a bunch <laughs> of flowers about no. six feet behind her. <laughs> Yeah, no, he brought them flowers on and gave them to her because she won. So this right. is actually a bit of an interesting one. Yeah. Um, so while the uh, the contest was shown and recorded for television broadcasting in certain European countries, yeah. as television sets were somewhat uncommon still at this time, yeah. no copies have survived, with the exception of Liss, uh, Liss's repeat performance at the end of the contest, Whoa. which is what we just watched. There's no, uh, there's, you of, can't watch the rest of that contest. So we just don't know what the other performances were like. 
No, Gone Forever. So it's one of only two contests to not have survived completely, along with the 1964 contest of which the tapes were destroyed in a fire. God damn it. I thought you were going to say, like, the 1997 one, which Dave accidentally deleted off the hard drive. (laughs) (laughs) Dave. Damn it, Dave. Oh, bloody hell, Dave. Uh, But the one got lost in a fire. Oh, God. What a nightmare. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but Liz, uh, Liz is the only Swiss contestant. Another fun fact. You love my fun, fun fact. facts. Liz is the only Swiss contestant to have ever won the Eurovision Song Contest as Switzerland's other winner, Celine Dion, is French-Canadian. Yeah, of course. There you go. She stands mm. alone in that respect as well, holding all the records for Switzerland. Celine stands alone on a lot of aspects. She, well, oh, my God, yeah, legend, she absolutely she? does. Yeah, bloody she legend. does. The scores of the voting have never been made public, oh. <laughs> leaving room for lots of speculation. The mystery continues. Mm-hmm. Damn it it does. You... I mean, two plus two don't equal five. Yeah. I've <laughs> just got. Sorry, true. it's I... wonderful, and it's a well-deserved winner. I don't know we... what the other one sounded well, like. We just don't. But know. if you we played me that, know. I'd be like, "Yeah, that's good. Win. That should win. That's yeah, great. That's sure. a great song. It's beautiful. Absolutely. She's got yeah. a beautiful voice." Yeah. Um, but you know, and, and <laughs> she she was also a like uh, uh like an honourable queen of Eurovision throughout her whole life. Like if she oh she, absolutely she carried out that her. role of first winner very very oh, well. Oh for sure for yeah. sure she is a well des- well deserved winner. Yeah, but obviously we due to the Swiss <laughs> jo- jury voting on behalf of Luxembourg, we claims don't. were raised that the Swiss entry won as a result of these procedures. Yeah, well, yeah. well, well, well. What are you gonna do? <laughs> we just don't know. We just don't know. They might have been very fair and very honourable. We just don't know. You never know. You never know. You never know. No. Although, yeah, you, know, you do know, but you never know. You never know. You just never know. <laughs> oh, God, everyone's going to hate me because I'm claiming she, she won from cheating. No, it's she fine. She didn't. She was a well-deserved winner. Bloody she great. Uh, although attempts to reconstruct the voting over the past five decades to God. get rid of stuff like this has not fully still led to any truly reliable voting outcomes, no. uh, this voting system was never repeated. So from the second edition of the contest onwards, the voting is fully visible. Right, um, yeah. Excludes the jury's own competing country from their voting that and includes sense. individual jury members from each country. So it, it's it's a lot a lot clearer. Than yeah, it was that I mean, first. you know, you're always going to have little, you know, things that you want to iron out along the way. But that seemed like yeah. a fairly obvious one from the start. Yeah, don't make it secret and don't let them vote for their own country. <laughs> yeah, and then have lots of people from one country doing the voting. Yeah. Absolutely madness. Yeah, <laughs> real good, real great. Like, Who knew? That- I bet they, I bet they had no idea that in sixty something years' time, <laughs> two people will be discussing it on a podcast. So I'm sure they didn't give a shit. Bless him. <laughs> Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Uh, as we're all aware, winning is always fun. Mm. Uh, and having enjoyed the experience a lot, Liz came back to the competition on a two further occasions. Oh, wow. In 1957, trying unsuccessfully to repeat her early success with the same team from the year before. Yeah. And again in 1958 with the distinctive Giorgio, which finished in second place. Oh, strong. And actually, second place in 1958, that was... she did. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. I didn't check, double check it. That she did one better than Volare. Wow. Yeah. That didn't win, did it? No, it didn't. It was like the most successful Eurovision song yeah. outside of the Eurovision Song Contest, but it didn't win. Um, there you go. Um, regardless of these losses, Liz remained a loyal supporter of the Eurovision Song Contest, being a guest of honour at the contest's 30th anniversary celebrations in Gothenburg. And in 2003, she addressed millions of viewers via a satellite link from Cyprus, wishing the contestants the best of luck ahead of the grand final in Riga. Being asked by presenter Maria N, who had won Eurovision the year before, uh, how she looked back at the 1956 contest, she spoke the legendary words, It was fun. (laughs) I won! (laughs) It was fun. I won. That's all you need. That, Absolutely it, nailed it. It says so much uh, in so few <laughs> words, and uh, we all know we all know exactly what it felt like. Now it was fun. It was fun because she won. <laughs> she Hell won. yeah! Liz. <laughs> in two thousand and five, Liz performed during the fiftieth anniversary of the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, in two thousand and eight, oh. she she started the voting in, in Belgrade. 
And in 2009, as I'm sure many fans will no doubt fondly remember, Liz gave a performance of her winning song refrain in the Euro Club in Moscow. Yeah, my God. Can you imagine like singing a song and then 50 years, 54 years later doing that same performance? That's incredible. I know, right? Yeah. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Liz. Liz, um, Liz loved to perform. She always loved to perform and she loved to perform in regards to Eurovision. Yeah. And she once said, singing gives me back the joy of life. Oh, it is. It's like Alexander Ryback and Paul Oscar. It gives her life. <laughs> in 2011, Liz decided it would be time for her to return to the stage of the Eurovision Song Contest as a contestant. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Plot twist. Attempting yet again to represent her native Switzerland, she entered the nostalgic Cité Ma Vie, or uh, in English, It Was My Life, mm. co-written by the one <laughs> and only, who do you think it was? It was uh, um, Stiegel. Stiegel? <laughs> what was his name? That was his, that was his That was his adversary. <laughs> oh no, he's going to hate me for that. <laughs> Ralph Siegel. Siegel. Ralph Siegel. <laughs> Ralph bloody co-wrote it, didn't he? My God, he did. he writes two everything. Eurovision legends joining forces. <laughs> Unfortunately, being a, fa- a fan favourite wasn't enough uh, for Liz. And the mm. song only came eighth in a closely fought national selection. Oof, um, that... But she still attended the event in Baku as an, a guest of honour. Of course. Of course she did. She could be That's... a guest of honour anywhere. I feel like Guest of honour around my house. Exact guest, guest of honour everywhere. I feel like they should have put her in. I, you know, just being the first winner and then entering in 2011. We bloody entered Engelbert Humperdinck, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> they can enter the previous winner of the original song Hell, contest. Yeah, she should have just got that. That should have just been a pass. Free pass. Yeah. yeah, give it another go, mate. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> the following year, she applied for the Swiss ticket again, entering the song All In Your Head, featuring the hip-hop band New Jack. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I uh, are we gonna are we gonna listen to this or, or? yeah I've got a little bit of it for okay you. excellent yeah I I really want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fu- it's a fun mix uh, this isn't this hasn't got the bit there is a bit that's like at the beginning that's a talky bit between the two oh, God. <laughs> which I would recommend you listen to at some point anyway okay it's pretty bloody funny all right here we go this is some of the actual song and it's all in your head. She's what I don't know if this this is a phrase that translates into other countries, yeah. but in England she's what you call a game old bird. <laughs> she is a game old bird. She is like that's a you think that and that's that's a huge compliment. That's a good thing. Oh yeah by yeah the way. yeah. <laughs> you you think that they would this this rap group would kind of tone it down for her maybe do a little bit slower rap. You know, occasionally rappers do a slow rap or whatever. But no, it's like a proper hip hop music video with them like you know properly like leaning into the camera oh yeah they're going for it and she's just there she slightly looks like she's got lost on the way to the shops and just walked into a music video but she's great it's amazing it's hilarious it is hilarious it's amazing though i bloody love it She's Good like, for them all. They're having, a, but there's, if you come in watching it, they're all dancing together. They're having a riot. Like yeah. they're having so much fun in this video. It is so sweet to watch. It's, you talk it's, about uh, you talk about like people like Madonna and Kylie Minogue reinventing themselves uh, throughout their career. Like this, Liz was the original one of this. She's hell reinvented yeah, herself. She was. She's a hip hop performer. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, unfortunately, it didn't reach the Swiss national final for oh. the 2013 contest. So she didn't make it through. She's trying everything. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's giving not that a good go. Yeah. Oh, well, the go. next year, well, you say she's trying everything. No. <laughs> the next year, there were rumours of Liz representing San Marino. <laughs> Whoa! She she should have done. She should have. <laughs> 
but it was announced uh, in January uh, 2013 that old San Reno faithful Valentina Moretta would be doing so that year. Give someone else a chance, Valentina. <laughs> well, she got signed to that three-year contract, didn't she? She did, yeah. There was no way out of it. <laughs> no way out. In Stockholm, just days before the city hosted the 2016 contest, she took part in a special meet-and-greet event for fans and press, where she shared her memories in a variety of languages. She was fluent in at least six. Incredible. Um, during, during her life, Liss was married twice. Uh, she married Johann Henrik Kuntz in 1957 in Zurich, but uh, uh, Johann sadly died just nine months later after battling oh. a very serious illness. Oh, God. Uh, she remarried Oscar Peterson in 1963, and they uh, lived very happily together until he died in 1995. Wow. In her last years, Liss lived on Zurich's Gold Coast fighting health problems. She was quoted as saying, life is too short to spend on unimportant things. Unfortunately, one notices this, but usually only in retrospect. Mm. My life was very happy. We should never be jealous of other people's happiness. Liss, sadly, as we all know, passed away on the 24th of March 2018 at Zurich's Zollilkeberg Hospital, having recently turned 94. Despite being gone, Liss's memory and iconic status, I feel, will forever live on alongside the Eurovision Song Contest. She is the spirit of Eurovision, isn't she? She truly is. Like, she's all types of music, all types of people. Uh, all types of languages and countries and cultures. And yeah, just mix everything together and just see what happens. Great. Oh, Liss. I she really it. was. She really, truly did embody Eurovision in every single aspect. Like, like you, like you said earlier, this was kind of going to be my end point. To this was that, despite, despite whether or not whether whether we say we actually it comes out yes that everyone did vote for their own countries in 1956, and because <laughs> Switzerland had four judges rather than two, they yeah. got more votes. Yeah. Even if that came out, who cares? It was a great song, and she literally embodied Eurovision. For her entire life, yeah, from 1956 until nine until 2018, yeah, she yeah. was such a wonderful, you know, torchbearer for the Eurovision Song Contest oh. all around the world. So I, I say, fucking who cares, mate? She was oh, the best winner. Excellent. We could have had. Well, thanks for that, um, Isabel. Oh, you're very welcome. Now oh, it's your t- song. It's song time. So <laughs> song time. So Isabel. Um, I'm wearing I did... a jumper. I've got really stuffy. Can I, uh-uh. I need to take my jumper off? Well, I would do that because something very exciting is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's let's uh, peel back the curtain a little bit um, because earlier on this week, I sent you a feverish text message um, <laughs> because uh, something that we have been trying to make happen for a year and coming up to five months now uh, since we started this podcast. Each week, we desperately asked uh, any one of you to send us a Eurovision song. And yeah. each week, we sadly uh, had to end up listening to one of mine because one was not sent in. But at long last, Isabel, we have had an email uh, and I was so excited because not only was this an email when I saw it come in on my phone but I saw it had an attachment and the subject (laughs) line was my Eurovision entry oh my god so I'm gonna read you this email first and then we can build up to it this begins hi Roland and Isabel I recently discovered the podcast digging into the conspiracy theory about Franco rigging the contest. I'm Great. still wo- I'm still working through the archives, but I adore it. The facts are amazing, and I dance to the songs while doing the dishes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I thought this would be as good a place as any to quarantine this Eurovision song I wrote for some friends who were putting together an audio drama in 2014. Oh my god. The scene was a TV show watched by the protagonists which had the end cut off to broadcast the Eurovision Song Contest won by two sexy twins from Ukipia. Uh, one of whom the protagonist had slept with once. It starts off, the song starts off as a sad ballad as the viewers feel depression, but then 
fire comes out of the stage and the donk kicks in. Uh, I wrote it in 10 minutes. The audio drama never got made and now I have this cursed object on my hard drive with no justification. Perhaps you can find some value in it. Hull. So, Hull, we are incredibly honoured that you decided to bless us with this song. Um, We're very excited. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen to it. I'm literally shaking. I'm so, I want (laughs) to scream. I'm so excited by this, Holly. I cannot believe as well that you that this this has just been sat this has just been oh, sat around God. yeah with no use and then we did a podcast and went send us a bloody eurovision song and you've gone oh i have one i have yeah, one of them i do have one i've of got those. one of them just lying about <laughs> i'll send i'll send that in um so we're going to listen to it i will as a as a preempt before i give you the name and we just go straight into it as a preempt i will say that the last two minutes of this song make the first minute very worthwhile (laughs) (laughs) so this song Isabel not written by me for the first time since we begun this whole series is actually that's not true because Benj offered up a song as as did but from a fan uh, for the whole series this song is called Only War Can Survive The sun begins to rise as it happened, the tragic dream of a thousand years Gold as the moon, like fishes inside Can't resist all my fears And as we're raising our lungs I mean, I'm kind of speechless. The fact that she also, I mean, she didn't need to write in her email. She wrote it in 10 minutes, but she wrote it in 10 minutes. But regardless of that, it's, I mean, Isabel, what did you think? Oh, it's blown my mind a little bit. One, two, I like you. Three, four, only war. So that's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the week. Oh, yeah. No, I've listened to it several times this week already. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
So I will, I will say, I do agree with Roland. <laughs> the second two minutes make oh. the first one worth very worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Like, some re- bit of remix on that, though. I, I love it. The last two minutes of that are incredible. And like, primo Eurovision song right there. Like, that it's, it's a so A war good. dance track. A war yeah. love dance track. So that song was meant to be sung by two sexy twins. Two sexy twins from <laughs> Ukipia. From the country of Ukipia. And I'm I'm well happy with this, Holly. I mean, I did. Right, I said this. Uh, I said this. I said this probably over a year ago. Yeah. That the first person to send yeah. one in immediately Would... gonna get bloody dues. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I've I've forgotten that we were even scoring mate. this. But Holly, as you are the first person, and not even just because you're the first person, really. No, that like, was a cracker. That we waited a long time, and I would say <laughs> that that is well worth the wait. Oh my God, so worth it. That's made me so happy. I'm smiling so much. <laughs> that made me so happy, Holly. Like you've really, oh. genuinely, I've been in Madrid for a week and you've made, you've made my week. Like yeah. that has yeah. really. Thanks. Even with, even with a rap in it, Isabel. Oh my God, even with a rap. Yeah. The, yeah, the rap could probably go. But hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, yeah. Like so that good. made me laugh a lot. That's so great. Good. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh, Fantastic. So exciting. Thank you, Holly. Should we end on a high then? End on that. Yeah, let's end on a high. We'll end on Holly. So we'll um we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time. We are also going to be recording a mini for you soon. So we are going to do our um reviews with some special guests on there, yes. hopefully as well, um, of the upcoming Eurovision entries. Because that's oh, the cat's soon. back again. Oh, hello. She's back. Um and we are I was gonna say something else and I've forgotten. No, so yeah, we're going to do a mini for at some point soon. Roland's going to be doing the next episode, and we're going to do Sally's song soon as well. Yes, maybe yeah, it'd be I good promised. to have if we can bring bring that all back in with like the ideas that we've got. I feel yeah, like I yeah. don't really know we'll where we're at with song right in now. To have something of, of reasonable completion before Eurovision happens, so that we have some sort of um, landmark uh, or something like that. Yeah, maybe we've just got something to compare the other songs to. Yeah, yeah. So we okay. can say wow. if yours was better or worse. Better or worse. On the night. Oh God, that's the pressure's <laughs> on now. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Holly, thank you for Holly. sending us that glorious song. Siggy, thank you for emailing us. Everyone else, thank you so much for being wonderful, beautiful humans and listening and and tweeting us and just being really great. We love you so much, and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Love you, bye. Bye. bye.